Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Talking probably tonight and next week on the topic of generosity. You know, and, and um, there's a lot of reasons to talk about it. When you start talking about generosity, most, most things that come to mind to most people, you know, have to do with finances. But, you know, generosity has a lot more to do with our lives than just money issues. There's a lot of ways we can be generous, you know, and so we're going to be talking about several of, of those things. But, you know, generosity is, is something that we're not naturally inclined to be. Why? Because the human nature that was born of a sinful nature is selfish. Anybody ever figured that out? What baby that's born? Oh, they're so sweet, they're so innocent, and they care about nothing but themselves. That's all it is. I'm crying. I'm hungry. I'm wet. I'm dirty. I want to be picked up. It's all about them. You know, and as we grow up, it's incumbent upon parents to teach their children that it's not all about them. And then, in turn, begin to teach them how to be generous, which means focusing on somebody other than yourself. Giving something to somebody for no other reason except that you just want to be good to them. Expecting nothing in return, but just being willing just to put it out there and give, the, give something to them. It could be finances. It could be time. It could be attention. It could be some kind of ability that you have. There's so many things that generosity covers. And, you know, there, there are reasons why as we get older that we're not generous. You know, sometimes it's... Um, um, just because you just don't know how this thing works. You know, the seed time and harvest, it's been, we can call it sowing and reaping. It's been in place since the dawn of time. You know, whatever you sow, that you reap. Pe- people don't know that. Sometimes people's upbringing keep them from ever being generous. You know, people who are uh, children of the Depression days, you know, I mean, things were hard. Things were tough. I mean, that generation is slowly dying out. And yet, we, we still see people who are um, hindered by that kind of an attitude. You know, growing up, my family was dirt poor. I mean to tell you, dirt poor. Even though my father was in the, in the ministry... Uh, and was a pastor from the time I was oh, a few months old until I was about 13, he didn't have a concept of what God would do for him in the area of finances and prosperity. And so we lived hand to mouth, paycheck to paycheck, and sometimes not even paycheck to paycheck. I remember when I was about 10 years old, the church my dad was pastoring was in Jacksonville, and you know, Jacksonville was not as big as it is now, but it was still a good-sized city, and we were in an, in an area that was, you know, a lot of people lived in, in the neighborhood, and there was a 7-Eleven across the street, and I remember asking my dad one night, ICs were a dime. And I asked my dad, could I have a dime to go across the street and get an IC? And he said, honey, I don't have a dime. 
See, that's the way I grew up. You know, when we decided to go into the ministry, my mother was all concerned. She said, you know, if it was just you and Edwin, I, you know, I would say, y'all just go do it. But I'm thinking about the children because when you were little, we didn't have, we didn't have money for anything. We didn't have enough money to buy you a coat to put on you in the wintertime. We had to wrap you up in blankets to take you outside when it was cold. See, that was my mother's concept of life. You know, but see, I said, Mama, it's not going to be that way. And thank God it has not been that way. Hallelujah. You know, there are, there are just things that we overcome in our upbringing. You know, we have, to, we have to put God's word ahead of how we were brought up. Because we're taught so much by example. And the example that is set before us in the home impacts us more than we think it does sometimes. We get older and we think, you know, okay, I've, I've, you know, I've left all that behind me. I, am, I, am, I know what the Word says, and yet something will come up, and suddenly you revert to that mindset that you were brought up with. Now, hopefully some of you, you know, didn't experience that. Maybe you were brought up in, in better families than that, in better family situations than that. My dad was a miser. I learned it from him. I mean, pinch a penny so hard it squealed. You know, but, but my daddy, would, my daddy would, would change the oil in his, in his own car, in his own vehicle, in his tractor when he had one, you know, the property that he owned last. And, and when, he would, when he'd change the oil, he'd take the oil cans after he put, put the oil in the tractor or whatever it was, and he would put a little hole in the bottom of it right there in the corner, kind of angle it, so that it would drip down into something else, and this would drip down. I mean, he wasn't going to let an ounce of that oil go unused. Well, now... If that's necessary for life, that could be commendable. But you see, it wasn't necessary. He had left those days, you know, where he was having to scrimp by like that. And yet he couldn't get rid of those old habits. You need to sometimes examine yourself when God starts talking to you about doing something for somebody. And you're reluctant to do it. Why are you reluctant? Is it old habits, old ways of thinking? Is it how you were brought up? Or are you just plain stingy? Make it plain. Thank you. There, that's the reason why some people aren't generous. They're just plain stingy. They don't want to give anything to anybody. They haven't left being that little baby where everything is about me. And so they're stingy because they want it all for themselves. There are people who are not generous because they have a great love of money. I have seen people who actually had no money, who were some of the biggest lovers of money around. Anything they got their hands on, they consumed totally on themselves. Without regard to anything or anybody else, even to the harm and detriment of their own family. I've got money. It's mine. I will spend it on me. I will get what I want. I, have, I, I know of a situation right now. A young woman and a young man got married several years ago, both of them born again, spirit-filled, word-of-faith people. And after they got married, 
What she experienced was a man who was selfish to the core. It did not concern him that his children needed clothes. Did not concern him that his children needed food. Did not concern him that his children needed diapers when they were babies. If he had a dime, he spent it on himself. And through several years of trying to work through this, she finally had to divorce him for the sake of her children. They were old enough to start seeing that daddy didn't care about them. He only cared about himself. And it was a bad situation. They had to get out of it. Then again, there's some people who aren't generous because they don't have a clue what the Word says. They don't have a clue that when God starts talking to you about giving, there's a reason. He wants to bless you as much as he wants you to be a blessing to somebody else. Don't have a clue about that. You know, I, I, we have some friends who are pastors, and when they had been, uh, I think, I think there was their anniversary, maybe it was their, their personal marriage anniversary, their church took up a, a big offering for them, and, and they were in a very well-to-do church, very, very you know, prosperous Word of Faith church, and they had a lot of business people in the church and stuff. And so they, they gave a tremendous amount of money and sent them on a cruise. Now, we're not talking about the Royal Caribbean here. We're talking about a cruise ship that only held about 60 people. And they had personal butler service. I mean, it, this was, I mean, this was, I mean, whoo, if you're going to go on a cruise, honey, this is the kind of cruise you want to go on. I mean, everybody's at your beck and call. I mean, this was wonderful. So they went to, to dinner one night, and they sat down at the table with an Englishman and his daughter, and I think, and his wife. And um, they began to talk to him, and so the Englishman asked them, you know, what they did for a living, and they, they told him they were pastors, and he kind of looked at them, and, and so what are you doing on this cruise? And they said, well, you know, this is our anniversary, and, and our church raised the money to send us on this cruise. Now, he knows what this cruise costs. Okay, he is a very well-to-do Englishman. So he knows what this cruise costs, and he was flabbergasted that people would pay for their pastors to go on such an expensive cruise. And his daughter looked at him and punched him and said, Daddy, all you know how to give is buttons. Now, I'm not sure to the Englishman what a button is, if it really is literally a button or if it's like a penny. You know, I think she was being very sarcastic, sounded like. But, you know, there are people who don't have a clue what generosity is all about. They think because they're wealthy that there's somehow there's some kind of, uh, you know, entitlement attached to that. But you know what? There's not. When you leave this earth... You can't take one penny of it with you. Not one penny. Not one dime. It, has no, it doesn't matter what you have accumulated in this life. doesn't matter what the bank account says when you die. does not matter you know, what you leave to your children. But you should leave something to your children. You should be able to leave something to them. Not leave them, not leave them holding debt. Not leave them just with nothing, but they should leave an inheritance. That's what the Bible says, is we should be able to leave an inheritance to our children. But when you leave, that means nothing. means nothing. You know, we live here. We, we live by what we get here. But when we leave, there's a legacy because of what we've given. There's a legacy. 
When we give to the gospel, when we give to missions, the people that are born again as the result of our giving to a missionary who's able to hold a crusade and get thousands of people born again, that's the legacy we take with us. That's what we take with us because we're generous people. And, you know, um, recently, do you remember pastor saying that he, God had laid it on his heart for us to give Christopher Allen $25,000 for a crusade? Because in, in Africa, he can put on an entire crusade for $25,000. And he made the statement, he said, and if, if they can do it in a, in a location that's close by, they can actually do two crusades for $35,000. And we know Brother Christopher. Brother Christopher is, is good with money. I mean, his team makes the most out of every dollar. And lo and behold, that same Sunday, somebody came up to me and said, I'll give you another ten. So we sent him a check for $35,000. Two, two crusades in Africa came out of this church this year. Listen, there's a legacy that comes from that kind of giving. I mean, as a church body, we took that money out of the general fund. As a church body, that's part of your legacy. Listen, the extra 10000 that came from one individual is a huge legacy as well. God laid it on her heart just laid it on their heart. And she said, yes. How many of you would do that? Listen, because of the way I was raised, it's been hard for me to learn to be generous over the years. But I can thankfully say that, for the most part, there are times I still struggle. When God says to give somebody something, it doesn't take much to get me to give. Now, there's, I can't tell you that there's not been a couple of times I haven't gulped. Are you sure, Lord? <laughs> Are you sure you want me to do that? Okay. Okay, gotcha. All right. You know, but, you know, those are things that we have to learn to overcome. And I want to talk to you about generosity. I'm not going to get very far, I don't think, tonight. Uh, I want to talk to you because this is a generous church. People who have ever come here as guest ministers know how generous you are. And they tell it. That's why we get phone calls a lot of times from people who want to come. And that's why the ones who have come want to come back. You're a generous bunch. Generous. You were generous with Pastor Greg. You're generous with us. You have been over the years. You're generous to give to every project that's ever come along. And you know what? That's, that's a legacy this church will have into eternity. That's a legacy each one of us as givers will have. You know, I can't say that about everybody in the church, but as a whole, you know, I, I, I have to honestly say, you know, during the years of giving to the building fund, um, I can actually say there were some, you know, when we got through pay, paying it off, we had that big dinner you know, out here under the tent, you know, in the, in the church, we just, we just picked up the tab from the church. The cost of that meal was actually more than one specific person ever gave to the building fund. Over, over 10 years. Now, you know what? I can't say that's generous. But for the most part, this church is an extremely giving church. 
generous beyond measure. You have given in times where I thought, don't do that. You can't afford to do that. And yet, because God laid things on your hearts, you gave. You gave. And I saw God work in your lives to return it to you. Blessing you in ways that's, and in some ways, that money can't buy. The way he returned things to us has, has exceeded any financial gain we could ever hope to get. So I got this from a minister not long ago, and, and I, don't, I can't honestly say I've looked this up to verify, and, I, and I'm assuming he meant the, new King, uh, the regular King James Version of the Bible. But he said that the word believe is in the Bible 272 times. That prayer is in there 371 times, or pray is in there 70, 371 times. That love is in there as a form, as a verb form, 714 times. And that give as a verb is 2,161 times. And he said it like this. If give is the verb of the Bible, then God is the subject and we're the object. Isn't that good? He's the subject, give is the, ver- is the verb, and we are the object. Why? Because he's a giver. He's a giver. Go to John three sixteen and just take a look at that. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He gave. He gave the most important thing he had. Without reservation, without, without the least bit of hesitation on his part, he gave. That's generosity. Hallelujah. You know, we were talking about leaving a legacy. You know, you can just see it, you know, and it's, and it's, not, it's, it's not something that I can say for each one of us what these things are, are exactly, but Dorcas over in Acts 9 is a good example of, of a person who was a giving, generous person. And it wasn't necessarily money. In the, in the regular uh, King James Version, it, said, it talks about her good works and alms deeds. Well, the Weymouth translation of that says, her life was full of the good and charitable actions which she was constantly doing. And if you drop down another couple of verses, because she had died, and they had, they had said to Peter, come, pray for her. You know, and they began to show all the coats and all the garments and all the things that she had made for people and done for people. You know, and those are the kind of things that are generous things. She had an ability to do those things, and she gave generously out of her resources and her abilities. That's the kind of legacy she had. You know, when Brother Hagen was, was talking about uh, a story about a, a man who was his Sunday school superintendent, and he was on the job in the oil fields, and he was, he was injured on the oil field and was expected to die, and Brother Hagen just said, Lord, you know, you need to raise him up. That man is valuable to me. He's valuable to this church. He's valuable to the people of this community. He, I, I need him here. You have to raise him up. He did. Listen, the man already had a legacy. He already had a, had a, a habit, already had a standing in people's lives of his generosity, 
and the value that he brought into their homes, into their lives, into their situations. And God moved, and that man was raised up and lived many, many more years. Can we say that about ourselves? That we're making a difference with our generosity in people's lives. Not just in our church. You know, generosity should be evident in your church life. Generosity should be evident in every other part of your life as well. You know, we shouldn't just be eking out just enough to just keep God satisfied. Okay, you know, just give him this much, you know, and he ought to be happy with that. That is not generous. You know, if uh, my paycheck is $13.94, I'm going to give him a dollar thirty-nine, And since it's not over 5 it's just going to be 39 not 40 I know tithe is 10%, but you know what? You can be generous where your tithe is concerned, too. We don't have to, we don't have to get down to the, to the little penny on something, but people do. You know, I, I, you know, I have to admit, one day I did that, too. You know, but I don't do that anymore. All right, we won't get off of that. You know, in the Old Testament... God, with the Old Testament says that shows that man was governed by exactly by the word by, by exactly what he was told to do. In the Old Testament, our generosity is governed by our heart. And see, that's it. Generosity has to come from the heart. If it doesn't come from there, it's not generosity. Um, Acts twenty, verse thirty-five said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Another version of that, another, another translation said, there is more happiness in giving than in receiving. Listen, I'm pretty happy on the receiving end. But I'm telling you what, it does something on the inside of me to be able to give and to bless somebody else. I wish I had written it down because I had it in some notes in the office and why I'd, I failed to include this, I don't know. But there was a, a, a study in the Wall Street Journal, I hope I can remember, it, that says that there is a certain chemical in the brain that's released when somebody gives to someone else. Happy juice, I don't know. I don't know what that is. But, but there's a certain chemical that's released. Listen, you know, I, I just love seeing the Spirit of God work in people's lives, you know, in, in, a, in a prayer line or something. You know, maybe I have a need, you know, and I, would, and, and I want God to meet my need, and yet I can stand there and just be in tears when I see God blessing somebody else. Because my heart is to see somebody else receive something. You know, when you keep your heart straight, then God's more able to make sure that whatever need you have is more than amply supplied. Hallelujah. Uh, go with me then to 1 Timothy. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Amen. Hallelujah. It says in verse 17, 1 Timothy 6, verse 17, it says, Charge them that are rich in this world 
that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. See, there's that giving God again. He gives to us richly all things to enjoy. Isn't there another verse, uh, Psalm 84, 11, it says, No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing. And James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift. And then you know if it comes down, he's giving it because he doesn't withhold anything. And here it says, he gives us richly all things to enjoy. It goes on in verse 18, it says, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. This is the amplified version of that. As for the rich, well, let's see, the NIV version of tell them. To do good, NIV says, tell them to be generous. Tell them to be generous. Amplified reads this way. As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others, nor set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Charge them to do good to be rich in good works, to be liberal and generous of heart, ready to share with others. In this way, laying up for themselves the riches that endure forever as a good foundation for the future so that they may grasp that which is life indeed. Berkeley translation says, that tell them to be generous givers, to practice sharing. You know, if you look at through these, these short few verses, you see four different things. Number one, good works. We're told to just, you know, to do good works. Number two, we're told that rewards are waiting. We're told to be generous for the right reason and the right purpose. And we're told that we can take hold on the life that is truly life. You know, I wrote in, in my Bible when I was transferring my notes where it says that they may lay hold on eternal life. It says the real life that is life indeed. You know, a generous person is an eternally, eternity-minded person, a spiritually-minded person. Somebody who's not generous, just carnal, just, just natural, natural thinking, natural understanding, natural um, looking at things, you know, as, well, if I do this for somebody, you know, what am I going to get out of it? What if that leaves me with nothing? See, God never intended for you to be left with nothing. He wants to give you everything. But the way he, he's, he's designated his ability to, to get it to us is for us to be channels of blessing. For us to be generous with others so that generosity can flow through us as an ongoing and a constant moving part of our lives. Never stagnant, never stale, never stopped up. 
I look at it as a, as a, as a big pipe. You want to have a little pipe or you want to have a big pipe? You want it to continually flow or you want it to just trickle through? You know, the, the gutter is out there, you know, you know, out there on the street. You know, they're this big around, you know, and sometimes you, just a little trickle flows through. But I tell you, when there's a downpour, water gushes. Well, I want some heavenly gushes. I don't want just a trickle-down effect. I want a gusher all the time. And that's, that's not up to God as much as it's up to us. We're going to get to that here in a minute. Hallelujah. Page one. You, you, you can say to yourself, well, you know, you can take an inventory of yourself, just like I did at one time in my life, and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really not generous. I'm really not a generous person. Oh, yeah, you are. You just don't know it. Go with me to Galatians 5.22. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the recreated human spirit, the fruit of what God has put in you, the nature that he has on the inside, that he's put on the inside of you, his nature, the fruit of his nature residing in you are these things. Well, that word goodness actually is generosity. The fact is, the, that's what the Phillips translation says, and while I'm standing here, I'm going to write that down. It's generosity. You think you looked at that before and you thought, goodness, oh that's just being oh that's just being nice to people. That's just being all oh, good. You know, I'm gonna keep myself straight here. I'm not gonna be bad. No, it's this is generosity, is what this is. Um, Benevolence, what Weymouth translation calls it benevolence. What is benevolence? Benevolence is a desire to do good to others, an act of kindness intended for benefits rather than profit. The definition of generosity is liberal in giving, unselfish, free from meanness or smallness of mind. Hmm. Free. See, when you begin to practice generosity, you will set yourself free from a lot of bondages that you've been in. The more you practice generosity, the freer you get. I know the day when it was tough to give $25. I know the day when it was tough to give $50. I know the day when it was tough to give $100. I know the day when it was tough to give $500. I know the day when it was tough to give $1,000. I'm working my way up. Working my way up. And I know what it was like to have a goal during the building fund years of what we intended to give. And what a joy it was at the end of the year to see we had met that goal. And when 10 years was over, and I looked back over 10 years of giving and added each year up, I was astounded, astounded at the amount 
that we had put in. Blessed to say, Lord, I'm so glad we were able to do that. So glad. You know, because I do the books, I could look it up every year in December and make sure I was meeting that goal. Now, the years, the years that were the most fun were the years where I had already exceeded it by that time. And went, oh yeah, let's see how much more we can do. See, God's looking for a generous people. Not just who who give just what they have to. Because, you know, you don't have to give anything. You don't have to. If you feel like you have to, don't. Hmm. Amen. Psalm 37, verse 21. Regular King James says, The wicked borrows and pays not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. The NIV translation of that says, The wicked borrows and does not pay, but the righteous give generously. Go to Proverbs 11.25. You know, it's so funny. You sit down with three pages of notes, and it never comes out like the notes are. It never comes out that way. Thank God there are some notes to refer to, but it never, never winds up being there exactly like you put it on paper. Thank God. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, The liberal soul shall be made fat. Now, there's a place I don't need a scale. I don't want a scale. This is a good word. I, don't, I like this word in this setting. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. The amplified version of that says, There are those who generously scatter abroad and yet increase more. There are those who withhold what is fitting or what is justly due, but it tends only to want. The liberal person shall be enriched, and he who waters shall himself be watered. Isn't it funny how... The more you give, the more you get. Now, if you say to me that that doesn't work in your life, I'm here to tell you there's a reason. And I, don't, I can't tell you what your reason is. Because the, birth, the Bible says the curse causeless shall not come. If you say, I give, I give, I give, I never get anything back, something's wrong with your giving. Something's wrong with your heart. Something is wrong with your mindset about the whole thing. You're reluctant. Are you doing it gladly? Are you doing it joyfully? Something is wrong and it's not God. When God's word says give and it will be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, his word is true. Your circumstances are a lie. And you cannot say, you cannot say to me that because your experience isn't lining up with the word that your experience trumps what the Bible has to say. I'm here to tell you the Bible is true whether your experience lines up with it or not. But if it doesn't line up with what the word says, something is wrong. And it's on your end, not on God's end. 
Amen. It is strictly a sowing and reaping. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. You can sow money. You can sow um, forgiveness. Mm. I choose to be generous with my forgiveness. Somebody has upset me. Somebody has, has, has um, been unkind to me. Somebody has done something to me. I choose to forgive them. The person who is generous with their forgiveness will find forgiveness returned to them in the same measure. Same measure. There are so many ways that you can be generous with your attitudes about things. If it's not right, then it's not generous. If it's not lining up with the word, then it's not a generous action. But do you want people to be kind to you? So generous, so kindness to them. Do you want people to have, you want favor on your job? So favor on your job. Well, how do you so favor on your job? By being a good employee. By being there on time. By not checking out before the clock says it's time to check out. Oh, I've worked with people over the years and in plenty of places that 5 o'clock is coming and they have checked, their brain has checked out probably 30 minutes ahead. And that last 30 minutes, nothing got done. It was a waste of time. That's not sowing favor on the job. Doing a job just to, well, this is good enough. Listen, to the believer who understands sowing and reaping, good enough will never be good enough. Excellence is what God demands of himself. It's what his nature puts a demand on our nature to do, and we should follow that. Give of ourselves. Give to our employers. Give to our family. Give, give our time, our attention. Be generous with these kind of things. Be generous when it comes to, to just choosing to do the right thing. When you choose to do the right thing, God will make sure the right thing is done by you. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I'm going to stop. Because I'm getting into the next section, and that's going to take too long. So we'll finish this up next week. Amen? Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of that? Amen. Well, you are a generous bunch. And I am so proud, blessed, honored, and joyful to know that we pastor such a wonderful, generous group of people. I mean... You know, you ever heard that phrase, you know, somebody was so proud they popped their buttons? That's the way I feel about you. And I tell you what, as we move along further and further into the things of the Spirit that God has for us, just the fact that you're so willing to give yourself to those things, I tell you what, generosity in finances is one thing. Generosity in things of the Spirit are something totally different. Because one has an eternal weight. And, and I'm just blessed, just beyond measure, to see a church who's willing to go where God wants us to go. To give themselves to it. Because you know what? It's generous people who give up their time and give up themselves in areas of prayer. 
You come out on Monday nights. I mean, people don't even, can't even imagine to have that many people come out to pray on a, of a church this size. They just kind of shake their head and go, really? How did you get them to do that? They're generous. They're generous with what God has given them. And they're generous to be able to plug in to what God says he wants to use us for. Generous people all the way around. You're a blessing. Thank you so much. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.